हरि ओम टुडे आई एम गोइंग टू स्पीक ऑन चैप्टर 12 चैप्टर 12 इज कंसीडर्ड द चैप्टर ऑफ भक्ति योगा बट इट्स इन कंटिन्यूएशन ऑफ द प्रीवियस चैप्टर 7 8 9 10 एंड 11 इफ यू रिमेंबर द चैप्टर 10 एंड 11 द 11th इज अ विश्व रूप दर्शन द कॉस्मिक फॉर्म ऑफ द परमात्मा द डिवाइन and that form is really not a kind and compassionate dimension for arjuna or for our human consciousness that form is infinite so pure form of energy there is no space and no time dimension to that form it's omnipresent omnipotent which scared arjuna and he requested shri krishna to take away that cosmic form and present himself into a human form which is more compassionate which is more understanding which is more easy to grasp now that same subject same theme shri krishna is starting in chapter 12 so he says to arjuna that those people who try and understand this cosmic dimension of parmatma of course they reach that highest state the parmatma pad the moksha freedom from the birth and death cycle but it's very hard it's not as easy which you have experienced so now i'm going to tell you the other form which is more gentle which is something that you can connect with with a with the human dimension of your mind Arjuna asks why it is difficult. The Shri Krishna's answer is again simple. He says because the atma is contained in the human form. That human body becomes easier for the atma to understand and for you to evolve. This saguna roop the manifested human form with the help of that you can achieve the parmatma pad so how to achieve it shri krishna has given four options but these options are coming from the previous chapters the first option shri krishna says that the mana and buddhi the mind and the intellect bring it to that cosmic dimension this subject we have discussed in chapter 2 sthita pradnya the absolute control of mind balancing the intellect balancing the emotions balancing the thoughts so this is the first option he tells arjuna that he can practice to reach this moksha and cosmic dimension the second 
option that Sri Krishna says is the chapter 6, the path of Ashtanga Yoga. Of course, Sri Krishna, when he lived, it was probably 5000 years ago. Patanjali's Ashtanga Yoga was discussed by Patanjali 2500 years ago. But the similar path that Sri Krishna has discussed in chapter 6, the Dhyana Yoga, practicing strict yoga lifestyle, trying to harmonize the body and mind, following yamas and niyamas, asanas, pranayam, asana, pranayam, meditation, and then with that dimension, realizing the true nature of the consciousness. That is the second option, Sri Krishna tells Arjuna. The third option, Sri Krishna says, is connected with chapter 7, 8, 9. With this state of Atmadnyan or this self-realization, you start performing your actions as Yadnya, that is offering it to the divine dimension. So why I am doing this karma? To give back, to restore that balance in the nature, offering it to the Paramatma as a part of my duty, as a part of my role. And the last path Sri Krishna talks about is renunciation of the fruit of my actions. And in fact, if you see all these three, first three paths, they also take you to the same state. Renunciation of your attachments, giving up your fruits of your action and offering it to the cosmic. So if you look at these four options, Shri Krishna says to Arjuna, the starting point is start controlling your sensory organs, control your mind, balance your intellect and through that you will realize yourself, Atmadnyan. And through that Atmadnyan you will understand the importance of the creation, then you will establish relations with every object, that Vishwadnyan, that Vidnyan, and then through that you will learn to give up the attachment to the fruit and that is the most important because that non-attachment will bring you absolute peace and that will take you to that highest state of moksha. And this is the subject of chapter 12. If you do that, what will happen? Shri Krishna has given the ideal personality of this yogi who has achieved this highest level. Bhakta is that person who has achieved that oneness with the cosmic dimension. So now how is this personality? But before we go to this Bhagavad Gita personality, I just want to bring in some interesting points to you. 
in psychology there are a lot of personality theories and these personality theories have actually tried to analyze what are the reasons for our mental disorders personality abnormal personality too much anxiety abnormal personality mental problem too much anger abnormal personality interesting thing is if you really look at these criterias in the uh, field of psychiatry and psychology they have dis they have discovered lots and lots of mental disorders there are these criterias called diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders version 4 version 5 dsm 4 dsm 5 published by american psychiatric association which is used all over the world by psychiatrists and psychologists and it describes various mental disorders very interesting thing is there is lot of analysis of what happens in the negative state of our mind oh there's this stress and that can lead to this ptsd oh there's this anxiety it can lead to this anxiety disorders or this phobias or this ocds depression all of these disorders are evaluated around 250 plus mental disorders are written in this books the interesting thing is what is the definition of a normal personality i told you not abnormal that is negative personality negative problem negativity in the personal experience normal the definition of normal is absence of abnormal which is very vague everyone has anxiety then what qualifies you to be called as the person suffering from anxiety disorders the criterias are there you feel continuous anxiety then you feel this fear then you so your uh, everyday functioning is influenced uh, like your job your personal life they are all influenced but the criterias say that if you are influenced by this anxiety issues for more than 6 months then only that's a problem so the criteria is very vague what shri krishna has done here or for that matter the whole idea of yoga is yoga has not only talked about the negative dimension of the personality or normal dimension but it has talked about the positive dimension of the personality what is that positive dimension that one needs to try and achieve and if you if you see this chapter 12 description of bhakta it's nothing but a positive personality and in that positive personality lot of qualities shri krishna has given i told you that the saguna dimension the manifested human form of divine of shri krishna is what arjuna wanted but shri krishna has elaborated that form and he says that form that human dimension that you need to worship or you need to focus on or you need to try and copy it is actually a personality with qualities in our history of mankind we always have worshiped people our great masters you have a statue of buddha what are you actually doing when you look at the statue you are worshiping his qualities 
If you see the statue, how does the statue look? The statue is in a meditative pose. You don't see a statue of Buddha eating the food. You see the statue of Buddha sitting in meditation, a contentment on his face, a kindness and compassion on his, in his body language. And these qualities you worship when you look at Buddha. When you see the statue of Krishna, look at this beautiful statue of Sri Krishna. That beautiful smile is telling you that unconditional love that is there in his eyes and in his heart. Playing the flute, the flute is a bamboo stick. Inside it's empty. That emptiness represents ego-less state, no ego. So when you look at this statue of Sri Krishna, you are worshipping these virtues, these qualities. And that is Bhakti Yoga. Sometimes you see the statues of the great kings who have established rule of law, who has established some positive values in the society. We are not necessarily worshipping them as a human being. We are worshipping them because of those qualities. So actually we are trying to remind ourselves that these qualities are higher. And this is exactly what is discussed in chapter 12 in great details. So I am going to go to these qualities. And this is actually their deeper inside. We all like money. But how many of us have a statue of a rich man with a lot of money in his hand in our house? No one. We don't have any of that. Because though we want money, deeper inside we understand what we are looking for. And we are looking for these virtues. The first virtue that Sri Krishna says that Arjuna needs to pay attention to is Adveshta, the one who has no hatred to any living or non-living object. Adveshta Sarvabhutanam, Sarvabhuta, all living beings, doesn't hate anyone. Maitra, Maitri, friendship, he treats every living being as his friend. Third, Karuna, the one who is full of compassion, the one who is full of unconditional love. Next, Nirmamo and Nirahankara. Nirahankara, two words Sri Krishna has used, Nirmama and Nirahankara. This is a very significant part of our life, me and mine. Everything is about me. See in the day, right from the time you get up to the time you go to sleep, it's all about me. I like this. I want this. I need my space. I feel this. I, I'm thinking like this. I can't handle this. I don't like this. This I is a very big force in us. And most of the times, it's bringing negative experience to us. My likes and my dislikes, if I combine... The baggage is so heavy, it's hard for me to walk. Oh, walking, I don't like this. Oh, I don't like the temperature. I don't like this floor. Oh, I don't like this color. So many of these dislikes are there. And they create a lot of stress to me. So Sri Krishna is saying that this bhakta, the ideal personality, doesn't have this me and mine. There is no ego dimension. 
And because there is no ego, the life becomes very easy. The next, Sukha Dukha Samana, this summer, summer balanced. Sukha and Dukha, the pleasure and pain, you treat equally. If you get the chocolate, no pleasure. And if you lose the chocolate, no pain. Balanced. This we discussed in chapter 2, Sthita Pradnya, same thing. Then Kshamavan, Kshami, the one who is forgiving. Easily one can forgive and move on. It's hard for us to move on. People wait for years for someone to say sorry. And the other person also doesn't say sorry for years and years and years. Relationships break because of this little thing. No forgiveness. No, why should I? Of course, it's connected with ego. But the one who is bhakta, the ideal personality, he is very forgiving. Next one, sada santushta, always content. Santushta, contentment. Whatever he has, whatever he doesn't, content. Sanyami, restrained, self-restrained. The one who has control over thoughts, emotions and actions. Sanyam, control, restrain. It's not suppression. There's a story of Shri Krishna, of control of anger. There was one sage, his name was Rishi Dhruvas, yoga master. And he was discussing with his other uh, rishis, sages. And the other sages said the best yoga master, the one who has controlled his anger is Shri Krishna. Rishi Dhruvas said, no, not possible. Shri Krishna cannot control his anger. Say, I will show it to you that he cannot control his anger and then you will have to accept my argument. They said, okay, let's have a bet. So, Dhruvas came to Shri Krishna's kingdom and he decided that he'll do everything that will make Shri Krishna angry. Came in the gate of the kingdom, demanded Shri Krishna should walk barefoot Worship him there and then take him. He thought that Shri Krishna would get angry. But no, he didn't get angry. He came there barefoot, touched his feet, offered him all the respect, took him. Durvasa was surprised. Huh? He is not getting angry still. Ah, okay. He said, I want your room. You stay outside. I will stay in your room. You and your wife go out. Shri Krishna said, why not? It's my good fortune that you are going to bless my room. Durvasa was surprised. So Durvasa kept doing these little things every day. And Sri Krishna was not angry at all. One fine final day, Durvasa said, now the only last resort I have is, I'll make Sri Krishna pull the chariot instead of a horse doing the job. And I'll ask him to bring his wife also. So let's see. I think this will make him angry. He did that, but interestingly, Sri Krishna did not object to this plan. So he asked his wife, said, it's, it's our, uh, we are lucky to have this opportunity. They started pulling the chariot, but it was very hot like this. And his wife, halfway in the journey, she fainted, she fell down. When she fell down, Durvasa got scared. He said, what have I done? I think now I am in trouble. Now Sri Krishna is going to punish me. So he started running. 
Durvasa started running. Shri Krishna started following him. said, what happened, Master? Did I make any mistake? I apologize on behalf of my wife. And then Durvasa felt so bad and guilty. Why did he, why did he test Shri Krishna's restraint? So he apologized to Shri Krishna and said, there is no one like you who has mastered and who has restrained his emotions. So I'm giving all of my tapa energy to you and that will protect you. So Shri Krishna received blessings from Durvasa. It's a part of the story. And his whole body was made as strong as Vajra, like a invisible armor around him. It's a story, it's a part of story. But that shows that restraint. The next is uh, Drudanishchai. Strength to our resolve. It's a basic problem of our life. We don't stick to our own promise. We decide, I'm going to start exercising. When? A big problem. Tomorrow. And the tomorrow never comes. And if the tomorrow is... Uh, Friday, then we say, why Friday? I'll start on Monday. If that Monday falls on 25th of the month, then you say, why 25th? I'll start on in the next month. And if that month is December, hmm, then you say, why not wait 1st January? 1st January is always there. Every year it comes. So if I miss this year, no problem. <laughs> That's 1st January next year. If you look at the resolve of Buddha, he made a resolve that he will walk this path of spiritual teachings, spreading these beautiful ideas of how to live life, how strong his resolve was. He did not change after three months. We as yoga, we in our society, everywhere we keep changing. I start some job and then after a few months I say, I don't know if this is the right thing for me. Then the relationships also people say, I don't know if this is the right relations for me. I don't know if this is the right country for me to stay. <laughs> yoga, many people come to yoga. After two months, they leave yoga. Some people stick with yoga, but after six months they say, no, I need to do another teacher training. <laughs> After two years, they change another uh, into some other thing. That's why there's so many styles of yoga. No? So, Drudhanishche is a quality. Once you make a resolve, you stick with it. The next one, Sri Krishna says, the next quality is the person who has surrendered all his mind and intellect to the cosmic. This is interesting. When the mind is surrendered to the cosmic, the mind is not thinking about me and mine. The mind is thinking about the divine dimension outside, objects outside. Whosoever is around me, I can connect with that person. That is the cosmic mind. The intellect the one that is thinking about how to earn more money for myself is not a divine mind, intellect. 
When you offer your mind and intellect to the cosmic, the intellect is also thinking, what can I do to make things around me better? The mind and intellect, when they think like this, that person becomes very close to the divine. That's what Sri Krishna is saying. He goes very close to that dimension of moksha. Then the next is interesting. He says, Sri Krishna says, the one who is not tired of people, and people are also not tired of him. <laughs> this, to understand this, you can see the personality of Sri Krishna. Himself, wherever he went, everyone could connect with him. You see the stories of Sri Krishna. Who were his friends? The weakest in the society? The strongest in the society? Women? Kids? Old people? All loved him, could easily connect with him. He was never tired of being with people. The stories say that there was no time that he was alone. He was always with someone. And that people were so inspired by his presence that they got addicted to him. There's the stories of Shri Krishna. Even people who opposed his ideas loved him. Bhishma and Dronacharya, the guru of Arjuna and Bhishma, the great-grandfather who was fighting from Kaurava's side, he was a devotee of Shri Krishna. When Shri Krishna stood on the war front and he said some, something connected with Bhishma's past life, uh, Bhishma's uh, previous uh, events in his life, Bhishma offered his respect to Shri Krishna and said, I understood, it's time for me to go now, that's what you're saying, and I will do that as your command. This is how Shri Krishna's connection was with everyone. That people thought beyond their life, the gopis, they, they, they forgot about their body and they loved him going beyond the body. So this is exactly what Shri Krishna means by the one who can easily connect with people. The next aspect is the one who doesn't have excitement, doesn't have anger, doesn't have fear, doesn't have hatred and jealousy, is very close to the divine. The one who doesn't have any attraction to the heaven or the idea of bhoga, the idea of sensual life. The one who is pure, the one who is clean in the heart. Cleanliness in the heart is considered very important because all these qualities that I am saying are also a reflection of purity in the heart. Sri Krishna has said, Yoginah karma kurvanti atma In chapter 6 he says, the yogis do their karmas for being non-attached and purifying their heart. So purification of heart is undoubtedly one of the most important qualities. 
and our idea of our actions and karmas and life duties that we are doing, we should also aim in this way so that we can have all of the other qualities that I am discussing. Then he is saying something more interesting. He says Daksha. Daksha is someone who is very aware of the present moment which is missing in our day-to-day -day life today. When I am sitting here, I am thinking of future and I am worried. When I am sitting here, I am thinking of the past and I am feeling angry and I am feeling guilty and I am feeling sad. Oh, why this happened? Oh, why did I lose this? Oh, I could have done it differently. Oh, why this person had to face these bad things? Oh, I, I could have said this good thing to that person, but now he's dead. Look, I'm in the past, I'm in the future. What about the present? When I'm sitting, I'm not even aware that I'm... I may be hurting someone's feelings just by sitting, just by the way I'm talking, just by the way I'm smiling. I don't have any awareness. It's just not about awareness of others. We don't even have awareness of our own self. When I am sitting, next day I develop back pain and I say, oh, it must be because I was sitting very wrongly yesterday. What it means? I didn't have any awareness yesterday. Sri Krishna says the yogi, the ideal personality, the bhakta, is the one who has this awareness. The one who is udasina, neutral, when it comes to reactions, sakshibhav, mindfulness. The idea of mindfulness that people talk about these days, they just think mindfulness is about stress management. Mindfulness is about successful, you know, career and life because if I am mindful then I will be successful. No, no. Mindfulness is a great quality. It means that you have developed that neutrality to every situation or any situation. Then Sarvarambha Parityagi, the one who does not initiate the Kamya Karma, the actions that lead to desires. This is significant. We initiate action that can trigger desires. I am walking on the street where there are lots of sweet shops. The yogi will not walk on that path. Say no, no, forget it. Rushyati, the one who is not excited by pleasure, the one who is not affected by hatred, the one who is not feeling guilty or the one who doesn't have regrets, the one who has no desires and he rejects good and bad equally. This good and bad equally, he has exp explained it further. The one who has equality to his enemy and friend. An enemy and a friend is in front. Yogi looks at him with equality. Someone criticizes him, someone praises him, he is equal. Someone gives him respect, someone insults him, he is equal. There is cold and hot, he is equal to both. There is pleasure, joy or there is pain and suffering, he is equal to both. The next quality he talks about is Aniket, the one who has no attraction, no attachment, not attraction, no attachment to the family life or 
the pride or that social life which gives you a lot of uh, respect and all of that. There's no attachment with anything. Sthiramati, the one whose intellect is balanced, always contained, the one who does not talk too much, Mitabhashi, Mauni, Mauna, the one who is following silence most of the times. Now, if you look at these qualities, we all understand these qualities. It's not new for us. We know, this, know these qualities as virtues. There's a lot of confusion about temples and churches and all these places of worship. People think that bhakti yoga or the path of devotion can only be followed if you go to temple. But understand why, why do you go to a temple or a place of worship? The only reason you go to the temple is to worship these virtues. Because in the temple or the place of worship, there is an idol. You go to a temple of Sri Krishna, there is an idol, Sri Krishna. What is he showing us? He is just representing these qualities. So I go there, I don't think about my desires and my ego, but I am thinking about the qualities. So I am meditating on those qualities. When I go there, there are some interesting things in every place of worship all over the world. First, it's decorated. It's decorated with beautiful colors, nice lights to catch your eyes. So your eyes are concentrating on that object. Then there is some nice incense sticks. So your nose, the other smell, the other sensory organ is also hooked up there. Then there is some little food that we say it's a food from the divine. In Sanskrit it's called prasad, but in some other places holy food. It's offered there, tongue. Then there is some chanting for your ears. And what are you chanting? You're chanting, say, bhajans, kirtans, or say, prayers. What are the prayers saying? The prayers are discussing these qualities of this divine. So when you go to a temple or a worship place, you are not, you are not doing anything other than worshipping the virtues. This is Chapter 12. So I am going to stop here with the chapter 12. Hari Om.